You're listening to The Over 50 Entrepreneur, the podcast that's dedicated to the business builders who are only getting started when most are winding down. This is the place to discover how to create more freedom from your business while growing the value of your business. Now here's your host, Rick Hadrava. Hey guys, this is Rick Hadrava with another episode of the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. You know, we've been doing some special episodes lately, and I think this one will fit both of those categories as we have with us today, Athena Captain, and she is the Director of Sales and Partner at Turner and Sons Homes where Russian is building a referral-based company in a niche market. And I initially thought that was kind of interesting, if not a little goofy, being that we're in homes. But I think once you spend some time with Athena, you'll understand um, how that works. It's really good stuff. Athena has successfully led sales teams within retail, banking, and like I said, bringing that talent to bear in the construction industry. She has a book that will be coming out uh, called The Making of a Rainmaker, where she is sharing some of the things she's learned uh, to help others become referral magnets, as she likes to say. And um, I think, you know, one of the things talking with Athena that I really loved was the theme that, you know, no one has all the answers And um, quite frankly, I think we've had a discussion that if you think you are that person that has all the answers, then probably you're not somebody that anybody should be doing business with. And that's what I love about this platform, our show, and some of the stuff that we do. So I think you're going to get a lot out of Athena and I's conversation today. So why don't we welcome to the Epic Studios, my friend, Athena Captain. Athena, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for the invite. It's my pleasure. You bet. Well, hey, let's live up to the intro here. Uh, No, joking. Why don't you share kind of how you got your entrepreneurial start uh, with the audience to give them a little background on you? Excellent. Um, So interesting enough, um, eight years ago, I didn't want to be an entrepreneurial person. I enjoyed being a high achieving employee. But what happened is I was put into a situation at Turner and Son Homes where I had to build the sales and marketing platform for a company that was in transition. And with that, we didn't know who our target markets were. We didn't know how to go about the sales um, direction. So I had to create it from scratch. In the process of creating that selling system that I call the Athena's prospecting um, system, I learned that because of that, I had the capability of actually being entrepreneurial. And that I had a gift, a gift that needed to be shared and a talent that needed to be shared. Um, Tim Turner, who owns Turner and Son Homes, agreed with me, um, didn't want to lose me. So he made me a partner. And since then, we've launched um, an LLC company together that now holds three other companies where I use that same skill and talent of prospecting and building sales to create additional businesses. So now, eight years later, I find myself a woman with multiple businesses. <laughs> well, out, out of necessity, um, oftentimes comes opportunity. But what were, so how did you sit down and just create a selling system? Was it just, hey, I, gra- I grabbed a, a yellow pad and thought, here's how I would do it. 
you know, so, so what was the genesis of the, all that that you were able to create that system? Okay, so it, um, let me correct you. It was not sitting down and creating it in a day. <laughs> Good. Get real with that. When I do coaching and I, and I do my trainings, I tell people it's the hardest journey I've ever been on. It was a journey that took enormous amounts of collaborating, gathering information, failures beyond anything I ever imagined. And it took grit. It took um, determination. It took the willingness to actually, you know, I tell people this is true, of almost bankrupting the company and myself to do it. But in that adversity, in that struggle, what happened is, and I, I say this in my book, and this is, I made a choice. In October of 2015, by January, we were going to launch 100% custom built on land, 100% based on my referrals. No pressure. And by October, I still was trying to digest and putting the system and making sure that I, I had what it was going to take. And I was, I was scared. And I remember sitting in the car with Tim and we were putting these little bandit signs out in the country because it was one of the only ways we could get leads. And he could sense this desperation and fear coming off me. And in a bold statement, he looked at me and he said, if you can't figure out how to do this, then I'll do it alone. And I'll never forget that because I looked at him and I was like, have you seen my resume? Like, you're lucky I work for you, you know? And I was, I didn't say that out loud, by the way, but I felt it. <laughs> and I, I um, so I was so frustrated and I didn't talk to him the rest of the time. I, I got back home and I come from a life of adversity. My childhood had lots of adversity. I, I, I honestly have lots of excuses not to be successful. So I, that morning, I looked in the mirror and I asked myself, is this that thing? Is building this sales system that thing that's going to defeat you? Is this where you finally give up? And I made a mental choice right then that no matter how complicated or difficult, I was going to make it work. It was in that moment that I, when I threw off the bridges, the, all the safety nets, and I just said, I'm going to do it. I did it. Now, the second thing I did in that same time is I invested in myself. And there, Darren Hardy is one of my mentors, and he has a high-performance forum. It's very expensive, thousands of dollars. It didn't have thousands of dollars, but I knew I needed additional help. So Tim and I both, I think we both ended up putting it on our own individual credit cards, and we went. And in that two and a half days, I got enough nuggets to be able to see the system. And I'll never forget it. It was in November of 15, walking out of day one session. And I said, I got it. I had it enough. And I was so thankful, came back, started executing it. Now, I, I think a lot of listeners would be like, oh, then instantly became successful. Oh, no, no. I instantly created the system. Then I had to daily enact it, revise it, and change it, grow from it. And it took, so that was 16. 
In January of 16, we averaged about three referrals a quarter. And you, Rick, you know that's, you know, that's not going to sustain a business, right? Right, right. We had a lot of financial issues as a company. We had to lay a lot of people off. And um, my, it, it was not a good financial time for my family financially. But I stuck with it. And through that, you know, we're now in 2020, which I don't think anybody can forget this year. But in January of this year, we now average between 26 and 30 referrals a month in what you were laughing about, a niche market. And I have 17 new competitors versus when I started. Incredible. You know, you know, you bring up so much, so many good good topics. I want to circle back because... You know, let's face it, we're in an unusual time, we'll say. We've got a combination of this virus that's out there, an economic downturn, you know, anything that you could think of being thrown at you. And business owners have a tendency, we were talking about this before the show, it's a fight or flight or freeze kind of thing that happens. But you, in that moment, you had that moment in 2015 and really, it was a mindset change. And, and I think mindset on these things, so much deeper than surface motivation. But you also talked about this. And I believe that right now, what we're going through is the time for business owners to figure out not only their financials, but how are they going to invest in themselves and their teams so that you know their business can survive and, and actually thrive on the backside of this. And you invested in going to Darren's um, workshops. And here's the funny thing. I love to jump on workshops and go to workshops, not so much because I'm always going to learn something. I do. But the reality is something that's in the back of your brain is sparked or engaged by a lot of times just something we hear. It's part of the reason I love doing these podcasts. Somebody in our audience is going to take something and hopefully they see that through. But you said the, the biggest thing is engage and activate on that. So what was it specifically that you did, um, if you'd be willing to share, you know, because you went through this, that, that led to that transformation of referrals for you? It was a mindset, like you said. It was understanding I needed to be around other people that allowed my creativity to continue to flow, even in moments of difficulty. And here's the big one. And this is the one I see over and over again as I, with my coaching business now, as I talk to people, this is the thing that is going to either make you or break you. And it is the mindset that you actually can control your day. It's the mindset that as a business owner, you are a prospector. If you do not understand and embrace the fact and need for you to understand your target market and your prospecting plan and how to execute that and that, guess what? You have to execute it every day if you like it or not. You know, this is not touchy-feely time. This is do you want it or do you not? And so I am adamant about you. We are prospectors. Now we can, you and I could go into whole, like how to do like, you know, the selling piece of prospecting. What I'm talking about is that we have, even in this time right now, we need, what is your prospecting plan? I've met with a couple of business owners last week. 
okay, your prospecting plan right now looks very different than it did before this virus. But what is it? This is not the time you get to stop doing that. It just looks different. So that is what I did. And I got to tell you, just because my book is about prospecting, I believe, you know, my passion is about prospecting. It is. But I don't wake up every day, Rick, going, I can't wait to prospect (laughs) today. That doesn't happen. It is, I know that is the one way I can control the business to impact my staff, my family, and the people affected by my particular business. That's great stuff. You know, um, it's activity, right? And, And you're right. There are some days, I think everyone thinks business owners, outside looking in, when they look at successful entrepreneurs, successful business owners, they oh, they've got it all figured out. It's easy. And it's the farthest. It, exactly. You're laughing. It's the farthest thing, farthest thing from the truth. But we're, we'll hustle. We'll grind. And, you know, I always love, I, I said when I turned 50, and I heard this somewhere, I don't care as much what people think. And, and I don't mean that, like, I care very deeply what people think. But if they want to make fun, if they want to, you know, ridicule – you know, what you find is, is those are people that are struggling in some way. And so they project it in a different way. When you understand that every day isn't going to be perfect and you have to learn when to, you know, we used to say some days I'd go for a walk and, you know, just re-energize. But on those days, to your point, on those days that, that you're going to prospect. So here's my question. How do you, so as you have a successful business and now it's not just one entrepreneur, but now you've got maybe six or seven folks working for you and some of those are in sales. So are you able to then broaden that to a sales team and how do you engage with them? Is it a different conversation than when you're dealing with a solo entrepreneur? No. Okay. Not, not at all. One of the things that this journey has taught me is that everyone in an organization is in sales their prospecting behaviors and how they generate referrals and additional business is different based on their role and their gifting. So for example, in my, the home building business, I have a sales team. Each one of them have, I have someone that nurtures the sales and somebody that meets with the clients and helps close the sales. Both of them have different prospecting activities that they have to do. Now, here's what gets people and they think I'm crazy, frankly. Do you know that my person out in the field building the houses has prospecting activities, right? Interesting. Because you have an opportunity through your whole organization to build relationships and perform in such a way that people want to repeat and do business with you. So I think, yes, sir, it it is cultural. So Tim and I understood that. And I I don't, Tim is my business partner at Turner and Homes. And I will tell you, when I first met him, he had a desire to appreciate salespeople, but he didn't, it it wasn't reality yet. And now, eight years later, he's on the front lines and he understands as a business person, how integral a part he plays in all of the sales. And so interesting, I mean, the whole dynamic of the company had to change and we had to understand that. Here's something else that is different. And I I, I get pushback on this on larger companies. 
And I'm just going to be bold and say it's typically due to ego. So Rick, here we go. I'm again, I'm going to take your adage that you, we can't make everybody happy. Right. But the, here's the reality. Tim and I as leaders in our organization are tools for our salespeople on the front lines. We work for them. We build systems. We build abilities. We do everything we need to do as leadership to help them while they're on the front lines do exactly what they need to do. They are the most important people in our organization. And every decision we make, we have to say, are we helping them or are we hurting them? Period. Do you find um, that by approaching it that way, when you're looking to make a hire, you look at certain qualities in that person that would fit that, I got to imagine? Absolutely. So uh, sales, it's interesting because there's no degree for sales, right? There's no certificate. You know, you don't get a certificate that says you're amazing at sales, right? You don't, that's not, that's not how it works. A fantastic salesperson has characteristics. And what I suggest to everyone, and I I have to give credit where credit's due here. I stole this from Darren because And he tells people that follow him, for business owners, you need to have a list of 10 or 12 basic characteristics that a person has to have evidence of in their life in order for them to belong on your team. And when you add those qualities and you see those attributes, then you know you've got the right person. For example, our person that's on our front line, he's the person right now still meeting with the client, still making all of this happen. He is somebody who is an overcomer. He is somebody who sees adversity as a challenge. We have to have somebody like that in our particular market. Now, that's not a certification. That is a behavior. And so you're looking for those types of behaviors when you're hiring. And by the way, I'm going to say this too, your, your sales team, most important hire we make as entrepreneurial people. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting because I do from time to time get business owners that tell me, you know what, I really, I really don't like sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm sitting here thinking, well, then you better build one heck of a sales team around you. Uh, right. But then what you do is you run the, you run the risk. Uh, you have to be careful about where you play in the organization right? Because um, you can fall into the owner's trap, very simple uh, in that process where everything bottlenecks. And so to your point, your systems and everything have to have to be succinct, succinct around a sales culture in your organization. Great, great stuff. Hey, listen, so I, I'm curious, you've done this, you've been on this journey for a while. I love the grit. If you had to go back and if you started this all over again, as you think about that, is there anything that pops up and goes, you know what, I would probably have done this a little differently? Would you share? Absolutely. Um, and this is just being very bold. I got a lot of my self-worth from the success of my careers in Fortune 500 companies and the ease of that success. I could go into those organizations, understand their systems, and play at a high level and become successful very quickly. Entrepreneurship is not that. I was tested, tried, and beaten on this journey. 
And that's the only way I can say it. And because I got so much of my self-worth through that success, it really inhibited my growth because I fought it. Because I, I, be, I allowed it to make me question my talent, question my ability, question um, every achievement I ever had, Rick. I started questioning if it was real. Yeah. Because this journey is so much more complicated. You know, I, I, and so to answer your question, I think it's really important that if I went back and did it over again, that I would understand that my self-worth does not come from the achievement. The achievements are to be celebrated, but that I should have understood that my celebration should have come from my character and things outside of work. Great stuff. I really appreciate you sharing that. Well, you know, um, I think more than ever, you hit on so many points. I want to make sure we cover it. More than ever, we need to be thinking about our sales and prospecting. And in this time, people seem to be hesitant, right? Um, it doesn't mean we have to be high pressure. Um, one of the things that we always focus on is where can we help solve problems? Yes. Because that, you know, eventually you don't have to go out there and, and, and hit somebody hard with a sales approach, but you got to be out there. And I love what you're doing. The other thing that I, I take away from what you're saying is this is tough. And I always say it's kind of like some days it's like you're in a fist fight and, and you don't get unscathed. Your community is an extremely important element to you. Again, it goes to creativity, goes to leadership and support, but those relationships are really important right now. And I know that's important to you. We're coming to the end of the show, unfortunately. So if you had any last thoughts or advice that you'd share with somebody that's on their entrepreneurial journey today, whether they've been doing it for a long time or they're coming out of corporate, like you said, and maybe starting their entrepreneurial career, anything you'd share as, as we come to the end? Yes, and I, I apologize because it's not going to be warm and fuzzy. But to get through this time, to launch anything at this time, you really... I beseech every single one of you, look at your prospecting plan. Your prospecting plan should have already been, and especially now, been based on adding value, not selling. Right. And right now is not the time to say, I'm not prospecting. Right now, you have to be prospecting. It just looks different. And remember, this is the time where you, each and every single one of us, has what I call a superpower, a superpower that the world needs. Go out there and don't try to sell your superpower. Give it as value. Find out what other people's superpower is. Connect people. This is that time. Let's do it together. Very, very insightful. Very good. Um, listen, how does somebody learn more about you and about the book and your programs if they want to get in touch with you? Easy. AthenaCaptain.com. I love it. I love it. Guys, I appreciate you listening. Be sure to check out our website, www.epicsbiz.com for this podcast, resources, and show notes. And until next time, remember, we're only getting started. 
The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast is sponsored by Epic Business Advisory, where we help entrepreneurs escape the owner's trap, build businesses that can succeed without you, allowing you the opportunity to realize more freedom, think bigger, and pursue next-level goals. Download our freedom formula at epicsbiz.com formula. And remember, we're only getting started.